Breathe with me. Inhale. Exhale. A few times. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. Cleansing breaths, we call them. We invite one another to use our breathing, to pay attention to it, so that we may become fully present. We take part in the most fundamental activity of our lives together. What could be simpler? What could more profoundly bind us together, feeling the life flow through us and between us in our interconnectedness? Breathe in peace, we say. Breathe out love. However, with the next breath, I want you to consider the brutal reality of George Floyd, a black man, 46 years old, being deprived of this fundamental activity, deprived of his very breath by a white police officer grinding his knee into Floyd's neck, placing his weight in such a way that he cut off this most fundamental activity of life, ignoring Floyd's pleas and the pleas of bystanders to allow him to breathe, continuing this brutal assault with an almost unfathomable nonchalance, his hand in his pocket, a blank expression on his face. As you breathe in, count the seconds. And then think of the number of minutes that passed when Floyd was not allowed the luxury of simply breathing in. As you breathe out, try to imagine what was going through the minds of those three other police officers during those minutes, some also apparently kneeling on Floyd's already handcuffed body, none tending to a fellow human's obvious distress. Keep breathing. Breathing in. Breathing out. And then think of those signs you may have seen on the streets of Minneapolis and St. Paul and cities across the country, those chants you have heard arising from the protests and the marches, I can't breathe. As you breathe in, remember this is certainly not the first time, not even the first instance recorded on film of a black person being deprived of that very fundamental activity of life. I can't breathe, Eric Garner said 11 times. I can't breathe, said George Floyd, how many times before he was unresponsive altogether. As you breathe out, consider 
How many times should one have to plead with another human being for the right to take a breath before it is granted? Keep breathing. Breathe in. And breathe out. Think of the breaths you take when you are walking or running or biking, that rhythmic intake and release that carries you around the next corner, down the next block, up the next hill, and how that rhythmic breathing gives way to a quick intake of breath with a sudden disturbance on the road, a reckless driver, a loud noise. As you breathe in, Imagine Ahmad Arbery, a black man, 25 years old, jogging down the road, breath flowing rhythmically in and out, feeling lungs expanding, heart pumping, blood infused with endorphins from the exercise, unaware that two white men who saw him run by had grabbed guns and jumped in their pickup to follow him. There may have been first some shouting, but why? Who would be shouting at Ahmad and why? As you breathe out, hear the shot, which would cause anyone's breath to catch in their throat and then see the pickup blocking off the road in front of Ahmad and a man jumping down and a struggle ensuing. The struggle ensued that many of you have seen from the video recording, the struggle that came just before Ahmad was shot and killed on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of an early afternoon run, shot and killed by two white men who say they thought he looked like someone who they thought maybe had carried out some burglaries in the area, though apparently there is no record of burglaries being reported, shot and killed on a Sunday afternoon after jogging, breathing in, and breathing out, the most fundamental activity of life, feeling the air fill his lungs, and minutes later, taking his last breath. Breathe. Keep breathing. Breathe in. Breathe out. Think of being tired, even exhausted maybe after working all day, maybe from nights of not sleeping, and the way the breathing calms from the great size of fatigue into a gentler rhythm as one lies down, head sinking into the comfort of a pillow, and finally falling asleep. As you breathe in, Imagine Brianna Taylor, a black woman, an EMT, an essential worker, 26 years old, startled out of a deep sleep by someone breaking into her apartment. This someone turning out to be police executing what is called a no-knock search warrant. That gentle rhythm of sleep brought to an abrupt end with maybe a few moments of shock and fear as police used a battering ram to bust through the door. 
As you breathe out, imagine hearing the gunfire between her boyfriend and the police. It may be that her boyfriend thought someone was breaking into their apartment, and he was right. But Brianna Taylor most likely did not have time to make sense of the situation until she was shot and killed, shot at least eight times by police officers, a sleeping woman shot and killed in the middle of the night, just after midnight, taking her last breath, when just moments ago, perhaps, there were the gentle rhythms of breathing in and breathing out. Thoughts had settled, perhaps, and the conscious mind gave way to sleep, maybe to dreaming, and the breathing continued the most fundamental activity of life in the gentle rhythms of sleep, which came to an abrupt end with the door busted down and the shots, and Brianna was shot and killed. Breathe. Keep breathing. Breathe in and breathe out. I hope you know that I do not recount these stories for gratuitous or sensationalistic purposes, and I do not mean to cause further pain. I tell them because they happened. And because with all that is going on, there will be many who try to divert the focus from these stories to all that is happening now in the streets of American cities in response, and those responding to that response, and those seeking to heighten or subvert or pervert that response. And I want to remember the people who were killed, those whose lives were taken by a heartless, racist system. I chose to tell these stories because they all occurred within the last four months, but there are way too many stories that could have been told. The stories that received any publicity at all, and multiply that by the number of stories that never rose to public awareness. I tell them because they are stories of individuals. But we, white people, need to stop treating them as if they are individual, isolated stories, as if they are individual, circumstantial aberrations from the major plotline that is the history of the United States of America as we know it. They are not aberrations. We are called to learn our history, what really happened, because as Ibram X. Kendi wrote, to know the past is to know the present. And in acknowledging America's racist past, we can acknowledge America's racist present. And in acknowledging America's racist present, we can actually work toward building an anti-racist America. But we can't work toward building an anti-racist America if we hold on to this illusion that we're really pretty much already there except for a few really painful incidents and except for a few bad apples and except for an alarming number but still a distinct minority of real racist white supremacists, those groups. No, the problem is a country built upon the principles of white supremacy with a few concessions toward racial quality or the appearance thereof, a country built upon the assumption of white supremacy.
breathe. Keep breathing. I am not seeking to subvert a breathing meditation, this practice of mindfulness, of peacefulness, of calming ourselves so that we become present. I am not trying to make it something other than it is. I am suggesting that this is precisely the sort of practice we need to confront the pain of our history, which will allow us to confront the pain of our present. I want us to, in breathing, breathe in the pain expressed in a simple, declarative statement. I can't breathe. Breathe in the anguish of a painfully modest yet so far unmet demand. Stop killing us. I want us to breathe through the awareness that we as a society have had our knee on the necks of black and brown people throughout our history and that every move to let up pressure has been met with white rage and violent response. Every move, every single time. Breathe. breathing. I am asking us, asking myself to really learn our history so that I stop asking, how could this happen? And instead understand that nothing else can possibly happen unless and until we disrupt the consistently cruel trajectory of our racist past and present. To learn our history is to understand that racist ideas were created to justify, explain, provide cover for practices that used black and brown lives as commodities. And that those ideas took on lives of their own and once consumed incited hatred. Hatred. And once you have a society where racism is a necessary part of the way things are, it is safer to justify it than to question it. To paraphrase writer Upton Sinclair, it is difficult to make people understand something when their salary depends on their not understanding it. If their bonuses depend on their not understanding it, if their election depends on their not understanding it, if their success depends on their not understanding it, if their comfort depends on their not understanding it, if their position or acceptance within a group depends on their not understanding it. I am asking us U.S. citizens to understand that we have been taught a fictitious history which leaves us lost when we seek to understand our present. We are conditioned not to see realities that don't conform to the great story of who we think we are, to understand that it is ironic, to put it mildly, to talk self-righteously about looting when this country resides on land that was looted. 
You understand that if we as a country had marked the end of slavery, not as a cause for self-congratulation, but for serious collective confession, we may not have recreated its horrors in our prison system and in a thousand other ways throughout society. Breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. I am asking us, asking myself to understand that when we breathe in peace, we are also necessarily committing ourselves to practicing justice. No justice, no peace. Peace means feeling and healing the harm. Peace means understanding across differences. Breathe out. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. I am asking us, asking myself, Understand that when we breathe out love, we are taking on a challenge. For love, says James Baldwin, love takes off the masks we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. That is the promise on the other side of the pain we need to breathe through. Love is not a soft and cuddly and comfortable thing. Love is a challenge to know ourselves, to learn our past so we can understand our present, to know ourselves so that we can genuinely care for one another. Good intentions without accurate information can cause more harm. We are living through that reality now when our very breath that fundamental activity of life that binds us together must keep us apart as it can carry virus. When our natural inclination to gather together can put us in danger, we can mean well and still do harm if we do not learn what is really happening. Love is a willingness to learn and to breathe through the pain and discomfort, to breathe our love into a mask, to breathe our love into phone calls to mayors and legislators and potential voters, to breathe our love into a clear, brief articulation of why we are committed to an anti-racist America, an invitation to loved ones and acquaintances who may have questions, who may be conflicted, to breathe our love into the promise that awaits us on the other side of pain when we are willing to take off the masks we fear we cannot live without and we know we cannot live within. It is on the fact or the hope or the myth of power that that identity which calls itself white has always seemed to depend. But power, like trouble, don't last always, says James Baldwin. No power lasts forever, says Ibram X. Kendi. 
there will come a time when we will love humanity, when we will gain the courage to fight for an equitable society for our beloved humanity, knowing intelligently that when we fight for humanity, we are fighting for ourselves. All the dreams, all the dares, all the sighs, all the prayers, they are yours, mine, and theirs. Do you hear? There will come a time, maybe just maybe, that time is now. Breathe with me. Inhale. Exhale. We take part in the most fundamental activity of our lives together. What could be simpler? What could more profoundly bind us together, feeling the life flow through us and between us in our interconnectedness? Breathe in peace, we say. Breathe out love.